as we know, this coming week, we're going to have this chus of celebrating Chag Shavuos. And the way we always describe Shavuos is that we are going back to our Sinai. The Mikhtar Eliyahu and others bring that when we celebrate a Chag, what we're in effect doing is going back to that original period of time. Time is not a straight line, time is not linear, time is circular. And we are sort of on a Ferris wheel, and there are stops along the way. And so when we come back to Shavuos, what we're doing is we're not commemorating a certain X number of years since Matan Taira, but we're actually going back into the Zman of Matan Taira. We're going back to Har Sinai. I discovered recently a very beautiful medrash in Medrash Shaifertayv. Medrash Shaifertayv is also known as Medrash Tehillim. It's medrashim that are based on psukim in Sefer Tehillim. If you look in the Medrash Shaifertayv on Kapitol Pei Zayin, on the Pasuk of Yisaydasai Baharei Kaidesh, the foundations are on the mountains of holiness. The Medrash says a very simple but very powerful vart. Yisaydasai shal aylam bizchus shnei harem shal The foundations of the universe are founded upon two holy mountains. Harare Kaidesh. Two mountains of Kedusha. Harsinai, the Haramaria. There is the mountain of Sinai, and then there is the mountain called Maria. These are the two Harare Kaidesh that Dabra Melech described. These are the two majestic peaks that the world is built upon. You say, Dosai, the Harare Kaidesh. Our world is built on two mountains. Klal Yisrael's foundations are all resting upon these two great mountains that we know about from the Torah, Haramariya and Harsinai. And of course, these two mountains are symbolic. Taira is Harsinai. Harsinai is the Mokim that we were Makabal the Taira, so the mountain of Sinai. Whenever we think of Sinai, the first thing that comes to mind is Taira. Haramaria is the other great mountain, which of course symbolizes Aveda. Haramaria is the Mokim Hamizbeach. The Rambam writes all of the things historically that took place on this great mountain. Adam Arishayim brought his first carbon on Haramaria. Nayak brought his carbon on Haramaria. Hamaria is the Mokim HaKedah. 
and Hara Maria is, of course, the Beis Lamim. Both Batei Mikdash and Amir Hashem Bekar of the Bayeshlishi will all be built on this mountain called Hara Maria. This is the Makkam Avaida. We have Taira of Sinai. We have Avaida of Maria. And the two mountains together represent the two Amude Ailam. Two out of three Amude Ailam. There's Taira Avaida and Milis Chasadim. Two out of three are these two mountains of Sinai and Maria. Our tafkid in life, the tafkid of every yid, of every bentaira, is to build our lives firmly rooted on these two mountains. <coughs> to be able to climb every day the mountain of Sinai, to once again be Makabal the Taira, and also to climb the mountain of Maria, where we're going to be able to excel and to shine in our Abedas Hashem, in our Tefillah. After all, Abedah when we don't have Karbanais, and even when we did have Karbanais, was also an Avayda Shabalev, which is Tzvilah. And that's our job in life, to converge, to be taichen these two harem together, to grind the two mountains, to be able to make a symmetrical life for ourselves, that we're able to climb both mountains simultaneously, to master Taira, to master Aveda, and to create that perfect whole, which we all strive to be. A true Ben Taira is somebody who is engaged in learning, not at the expense of Tfilah. If a person has Taira without Tfilah, he's not a Ben Taira. The person feels, well, I'm shagging and learning, but I don't have to come to davening, or I don't have to work on my davening. It's not a bentaira, it's not a yid. On the other hand, there are many people that excel in davening. There are many big chazanim in the world. Beautiful, balitzila. But if you're not sitting and learning taira, if you're not engaged in taira, then obviously that is also a deficient life for a yid. A yid must have these two Harei Kaidash, the Har of Sinai and the Har of Maria, together climbing, working, striving to scale the peaks of these mountains of Taira and Tzvilah, together Yisaydasai the Harei Kaidash. It's interesting. Generally speaking, when we find one of these two mountains, we'll find the other mountain. When we discuss Har Sinai, it's never too far away from a discussion of Har Maria. And when we are situated on Har Maria, Har Sinai is always in our minds as well. And let me explain to you what I mean. There's a pasuk in 
The Sefer Shemais in Parak Yotas, Pasuk Dalet, Brakadish Barfu says to Klal Yisrael, Ba'esa eschem al-kante nisharim. I will lift you upon the wings of eagles and bring you to Eretz Yisrael. So there's a Targum Yenis in Benuziel that says something remarkable that I'm curious to know if anyone has ever heard this Targum Yenis in. V'nasosiyashem al-anonim V'nasosiyashem me'ramseis L'mokim ha-mikdosh K'de l'hakri v'sa-pesach U'va'isay l'ayla yachzarti eschem l'ramseis U'misham k'rapti eschem l'talmud t'ayrasi Who knew this? That the year of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, when we were mocked of the carbon Pesach, <coughs> so everybody thinks that we were mocked of the carbon Pesach and we ate the carbon Pesach in Mitzrayim. The Targum Yenison says that this Pesach of the SRS Malkante Nisharim, I will carry you on the wings of eagles, was Mikuyim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took Klal Yisrael on that first Pesach. He carried us on top of clouds. We went to the Mokim HaMikdosh. We went before Har Sinai. Klal Yisrael as a whole went, was transported on a cloud to Haramayriah from Ramses, a direct flight to the Beis HaMikdosh to be maker of the carbon Pesach. That very night, I brought you back to Ramses. I brought you back to Egypt. And from Mitzrayim, I took you out in the Lushen of the Targum Yenison. Umisham kirati eschem l'talmud tairasi. What does he mean? He means I took you from Armaria and I brought you to Harsinai. These are the two mountains. These are the Yisaydasai Bahare Kaidesh. These two mountains can never be divorced from one another. When you have a Haramaria, you have to right away start trekking towards Harsinai, Lutamutai Rasi. When you are standing on Haramaria, you always have to have in mind Sinai. I'll never forget when I was learning, when I was there to learn there to show as a bacher. So I learned in Kol And Shavuos, Shavuos night is, is the minig all over the world, Baruch Hashem. We sat and learned in the Beis Medrash. And they had an unusual custom in the base Medrash in Kol and it caught me off guard because I was not used to that from high school, that every, I don't remember how long it was, but maybe it was every half hour, all of a sudden, you know, we were sitting and learning, all of a sudden there was a spontaneous rekidah on the base Medrash. And everybody joined in the base Medrash, and we sang together, Ubo Chulam Bidris Yachad, Nasev Nishma Amru 
in order to waken people up in case they were getting a little sleepy during Shavuos night learning. And perhaps also to remind people that this isn't any ordinary night seder. This is Shavuos night. This is a Kabbalah satire that we're doing here tonight. We sat down again and we learned in the Nachamal Rakida, the Nachamal Uvochulam. And I felt as there that night of being at Har Sinai. And then a few friends of mine let me to leave a little bit early from our Sinai and we walked from the Shiva, which is not close to the to the Makam HaMikdash we walked from Bayit Began all the way to the Kaiso where we davened Shachar's Kibasikin and I was margish these two harim to be able to stand at one moment at our Sinai and then a few moments later, to be able to go to Haramaria, to have this chus of being on two mountains in one night. That's what Shavuos is. Shavuos is Harsinai and Haramaria. It's Tairan, it's Tfilah. It's being able to be to be at the foot of Harsinai and at the same time being <coughs> on the top of Har Maria. <coughs> There's another time, parenthetically, that we find that I could think of, a tziruf of these two harem. When else do we find that we have a convergence of our Sinai and Har Maria as one? There's a Pachad Yitzchak that everybody has to know. It's found in Igris Uksabim, and it's on page Kuf Nun Bav. It's a piece, a piece that the Pachad Yitzchak or Vutner wrote as a, an introduction, as a preface to the Machon Yerushalayim's edition of the Darke Meisha Shalim from the Ramah. It's a beautiful introduction, and I, I'm not going to go into the entirety of it. But in the middle of this introduction, he says something that's so beautiful. By the mitzvah of Hakel, which the Rambam speaks of in Hilchus Chagiga Paragimo, he arranges the Rambam Kedarkai, the mitzvahs of Hakel. And he writes as follows. The Melech is the Balkari and Hakel, the year after Shemitah, Chagasukas, Klayasel gathers, Alil Regal, Maria, and the Melech called, the Melech lane Parshish in the Torah by Hakel. Where does he begin from? He begins from the beginning of. Be'el Devarim until the end of the parish of Shema, Umedalig, and then he skips to Levayim Shamaya, Umedalig Laser Taaser, Vikari Maser, Measer Taaser, Allah Seder, Ad Saif Brachis of Klois, 
He lanes until the part of Sefer Devarim ending with Milvad Habris Asher Karas Itam Mechayr besides for the covenant that was made with Klal Yisrael at Chayrev and Harsinai Upaisik. The Rambam says Upaisik and that's where he ends. That's where the Melech ends. And the Rambam says, wait a minute. Can't the Rambam just simply write Milvad Habris Asher Karas Itam Mechayr period? Why does the Rambam have to say Upaisik? Wouldn't we know is there anyone in the room that would not get it had the Rambam not said Upaisik? Why is the Rambam say Upaisik? We know this is where Adkam Mishab is like, oh, that's it. Mavada Bris, period. Why do you have to say Upaisik? That's so unlike the Rambam. See, he says like this a beautiful Yisait from a partner. He says, if you look in the Lashon of the Rambam by the Halachas of Hakel, he says, You have to pay attention. To hear with all the fear and all the awe. As the day that you received the Torah at Har Sinai, what the Rambam says, or Hutner is basically saying is that the concept of Hakel, what does this symbolize to us, Hakel? Hakel is supposed to be a reenactment of Matan You have all of the, the drama and the awe and the stage is set. You have Anoshim, Noshim, Nitav standing at Haramaria, and it's supposed to be an experience that reminds us, that brings us back to Har Sinai. And the Rambam, in fact, calls this Yoim Hakal. And he says that that must be from the Torah, the Lashon of the Torah that also calls. Harsinai, Yaim Hakal or Yaim Hakel. The day that Ayusrael gathered is what we're trying to do every seven years, regathering, bringing it back, reminding ourselves of that experience at Harsinai. And Rabbi says that that's what the Rambam is trying to be magish when he writes to Paisek, because it's not just accidental that the Melech has to end his Kriyas HaTayra with Milvad HaBriz Asher Taras Itam B'chayrev. That is the crescendo. That's the tasklis of the whole Maimon. If for whatever reason the Valkyrie wants to be really from and he wants to go a little lighter, that would be blowing the entire experience. We're supposed to end with Novada, Brisa, Shakar, Zita, Mechayrev, Chayrev, Arsinai. That is the tapless of Akel. It's the Yaim Akal. It's the Yaim. It's the day on which we gather together and try to recreate for ourselves the scene of Maimon Arsinai. So the Ramam says, Upaisek, here you have to stop. Because if you don't stop here, then you'll miss the whole boat.
It's the Kabbalah that you stop here. This stopping is of a major importance to the entire scene of Hakel. So here you find another Maramukan of the importance of the convergence of our Sinai and Har Maria as one by the day of Hakel. When Klayisrael on Har Maria recreates Matantaira Har Sinai, Yisaydasai Bahare Kaidash. These two mountains can never be separated. The year of Yitzhak Yitzhak we went from Aramaria, HaKadosh Baruch who took us to be Makar of the Karban Betzach, and we marched there to Makabal the as the Targum Anasim and Azil says. Hakel, also, we're standing on Aramaria, and we recreate Maimon Sinai. These are the two mountains. These are the Harei Kaidash that Klai Yisrael has to firmly set both feet upon if we want to claim to be the Amanivka. It's quoted from the Ragachavar. A relationship between Taira and Tzvila the Rabbi Chavar used to say, I heard this once from Rebellion Shvei. He spoke once in, in Brooklyn by a big Asif, I don't remember why, but for what, but it, we all went. And he used to say that he heard, I don't know, from the Rabbi Chavar, Hashem the Rabbi Chavar, that when a person davens, He's talking to the Rabbi Yisraelim. And when a person learns, the Rabbi Yisraelim talks to him. There is a dialogue which exists between Taira and Tfilah. Taira and Tfilah are not just two separate Abaytas, they are connected. When I daven, I'm talking to the Rabbi Yisraelim. When do I hear the Rabbi Yisraelim talk back to me? When I learn. Taira when we sit and learn by our Gemaras, we're not just merely learning some old Talmudic texts with commentary. <coughs> we're actually hearing the Dvar Hashem. It's like a Bastel is coming down and telling us what the Rebbeinah Shalom wants from us. That's what Halacha is. That's what Taira is. Taira is listening to the Dvar Hashem. I think they say B'Shem Rebbe Salanter that the way he used to learn Gemara was like a Musa Sefer. He would say, So, That's how we learn it. The way Rabbi Sol Salanti used to read the Mishnah is, Never losing sight that this is the Dvar Hashem. This is not just some, some legal gymnastics. 
Talmudic gymnastics, this is what the Tzvarashem is. Beis Shammai held that the Rebbein Shalom wants this egg to be eaten. And Beis says, no, he does not want this egg to be eaten. That's the Machlekes, between Beis Shammai and Beis That's Machlekes in all Machlekes Trying to figure out what is the Tzvarashem. And when we daven, believe it or not, what we're doing is talking to the Rabbi Our Dvarim are being spoken to the Rabbi Nishlam. The Rabbi is listening to our Tzvilas. It's hard to imagine. It's amazing when you speak to a Rebbe and you're, you know, you've been exposed to yeshivas and, and the way that things go in yeshiva. You speak to a Rebbe in third person. Does Rebbe want this? Does Rebbe want that? Can I bring up Rebbe's farm to the shiram? Can I make Rebbe a cup of coffee? Um, you know, how is Rebbe feeling? He's speaking to him like that, right? Very formal. Now let's start brachas. Birkas HaShachar. Baruch HaTah Hashem. Asher Nasam HaSech Be'evino. Who are you talking to? You're talking to the Rebbe Nishon. You're talking to the Baruch HaLeilamim. And you're using the Lashen Neichach. Baruch Atta, blessed is you. You? All of a sudden now we're getting chummy. Your Rabbi and you speak to the Lashonista. How is Rabbi doing today? So Rabbi Baruch Atta, you, you're blessed. And the Sfarim right. Because HaKadosh Baruch wants it that way. HaKadosh Baruch wants us to be warm and personal with him. He wants that when we're davening Hashemayna Esrei, we start with Baruch Atta Hashem Aleikeinu Aleikeinu because it reminds us that we're actually talking directly to him. Were we to speak to the Rabbi Yishlam Nistar, were we to say Baruch Hashem Aleikei Abraham Aleikei, you know, if we would speak like that, it would be like even more distance than we already feel sometimes because we don't have the the privilege of being able to see the Rabbi Yishlam that we're standing in front of. We have to always conjure up in our minds that the Shparach is before us. But we have this chus when we dive to speak directly to the Rabbi Yishlam It's amazing. It's a chus that a Yid has. That's the convergence of Sina and Hamaria. To be able to have this dialogue, to be able to speak directly to the Rabbi Yishlam and have the, the Rabbi Yishlam speak to us. Har Sinai, Hakadosh Baruch speaking to us. Har Meiria, we get to do an avodah directly to the Rabbi Yishlam. There's a Gemara and Brachas. And the Chesam and Aleph that says, Amr Abaye, Meresh, Havigirisna, Begad Besa, Umatslina Bebeknishta. I used to daven in Shul, and I'd learn at home. Kivan de Shamina Mahad Amr Abhia Bar Ami, Mishme de Ula, Miyam Shachar Bes Mikdash Ema Kadishvarhu by Lama Eladal Ramashalach Abulabad. That from the day that the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, Hakadosh Baruch Hu only has a Dalad Amishal Halacha. I would only learn 
in the same place that I daven. Now, I'd only daven in the same place that I learned. I went and I daven and I learned in one place. I didn't split them up. And then the Gemara says there of Ami, of Asi, even though there were 13 shuls in Tiberia, they only daven bene amude hechid avigarsi, between the pillars that they used to learn by. That's where they used to daven. They didn't budge from those pillars. There were two amudim, and they would learn between those two amudim, and that's where they daven, even though there were 13 shuls in Tiberia. And I always wanted to say that the pshat is that these two amudim, who cares that they used to learn between the two amudim? These two amudim are the two amudim that we're talking about this morning. The amud of Taira and the amud of Tzila. The amud of Taira and the amud of Avaida. The amud of Arsinai and the amud of Aramiria. And we have to keep those two forces together at all times. And so that's why the davening and the learning is in the same place. The place that I daven, that's where I learn. The place that I learn, that's where I daven. Because after all, it's a dialogue. <coughs> I'm talking to the Rabbi Nishwalamir in davening, and then right after davening, I sit down and I learn that's the Rabbi Nishwalamir talking back to me. At Mincha time, I talk back to him. And then, second Seder, he talks back to me. Bechayena, Bechayena, that's the life of a Yid. A constant dialogue between the Rabbi Yishlam. A constant convergence of our Sinai and our Maria, of Taira and Avaida, of the Harare Kaidesh, which is the sight of the world and the sight of our lives. our day and age, the biggest fear that you can have as a parent is how am I going to raise my child with these two Amudim? Rachmanu Litzlan, you don't have to go too far to see people that young children or young teenagers that are not so into learning, not so into davening, they're texting and they're talking and they're surfing and they're doing everything during davening and everything during seder and it's a pachet b'chadim. And you doubt that you should have to raise children that are B'nai Taira, full B'nai Taira, that excel in their Limit Taira, and that they excel in their Avaida. For those of you that don't have children, you will, and you'll see what I mean. It's a Pachad. It's a Pachad. You always have to be so careful. How do you raise a child? That has these harekaidish. How do you raise a child on the foot of Har Sinai and on the top of Har Maria? 
And for that matter, how do we raise ourselves to being such a person? That's a Harsinai Dikayid and a Har Maria Dikayid. There are two individuals that each of them represents these two mountains. If I were to ask you, Harsinai, quickly, who is Harsinai? Meshur Abeinu. Meshur Abeinu went up to Harsinai. Yismach Meshur Abeinu's Chalkai. He had a name of Piraswa, Kilil, Tiferes, Piration, and Satan, Bahamdel, Sinai. Meshur Abeinu was Mukhtar. On our Sinai, he was Sinai. He's Tyra. When, when you speak about Tyra, it's Tyra is Maisha. Maisha Abeno is the embodiment of Tyra of Sinai. When we speak about Abayda, about the Har Maria, you think of Aaron. Aaron Akayan was the Kayangado, he was the site of Abayda. He was the embodiment of Haramaria. And all future Avaidas that are going to be performed in the Beis Lamim are always Mizera Aaron. Because Aaron Akayan is the Baal Avaida. He is Haramaria. He's the Beis Amikdash. She's the Mishkan. There was one person. That Shakal connected Maisha and Aaron. Maisha and Aaron converging in one. Harsinai and Amaria together. One person in the whole history of the world. And his name was Shmuel Hanavi. Shmuel Hanavi, the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, on that Chafeim Ebez, with Rashi there. Maisha the Aaron Bechayanov. Ushmuel Bukari Shemai. Marshan Aaron amongst the Kayanim, Shmuel Bukari Shemai. Lalame Sheshulim Ayu. Marshan Aaron, together, the formula is A plus B equals C. Marshan plus Aaron equals Shmuel. Can you imagine how great Shmuel Anavi must have been? Can you imagine the godless of Shmuel Anavi to have the mantle of Moshe and Aaron together? That's a child that you'd want. Shmuel Anavi, if you could raise, if you could have one child, perfect confluence of Tyre and Abayda, of Sinai and, and, and Maria, Shmuel. Shmuel is Moshe and Aaron, he's Sinai and, and Maria. Shmuel So now all we have to do is something very simple. We have to raise Shmuel Anavi. We have to see how Shmuel Anavi was raised, and that's how we could raise ourselves and our children to be such a person. <coughs> Isn't it interesting that at the beginning of Sefer Shmuel, which we lay every Rosh Hashanah, 
the most beautiful Aftair of all Aftairs, in my opinion. Now, Tfilas Chana. It starts off by Yehi Ish Echad. There was a man by the name of Elkanah, the future father of Shmuel Hanavi. By Yehi Ish Echad Min Haramasayim Saifin. The Gemara and Megillah explains these words. Adam haba mishtei ramais shetzayfais zulazu. Elkanah was a man who came from two mountains that faced one another. But I believe that what Chazal is telling us is that Elkanah was a person that was born and bred and developed in a special place. He came in on a Messiah siphon from the convergence of a place that has two mountains constantly facing each other. And I believe that those two mountains are Sinai and Emeria. To make a Shmuel Anavi, you have to have constantly before you this vision of two mountains, never forgetting either of them, having a Har Sinai at all times before you and having a Har Maria at all times before you. Never forgetting. We're never to forget that scene of Mount Taira. We're never to forget the Kedusha Satira, the heat of the Taira, the experience of Mount Taira, Mithyabura Shamanum. And also, we're always to remember the Makam Mikdash, whether it's built or Rahman al-Islam, whether it's the Khurbana. I will never forget your Shalayim. In Layalas, your Shalayim on Raysim Khasi. In Meshkachet, your Shalayim Tishkachimini. Your Shalayim, the Haramayriya, the Makna Mikdash, has to be before me at all times. And the Harsinai has to be before me at all times. The Kedusha Satayra and the Kedusha Sahagaita. The Maisha and the Aaron. The Shmuel Anami. Always. Converging as one, united, Tyra and Tfila, Tfila and Tyra. That's what it is. To raise a Shmuel Anavi, you have to be cognizant of the Ramasayim Saifim. I found an amazing Medrash about Elkanah. It's in a Yalkut at the beginning of Shmuel Aleph. He says like this Elkanah the Ishna Yabonav, Achiyosav, Chalkraivav, Hayamala Imaila Regal. Every time they would be Ayla Regal, Elkanah and his whole Mishpacha, Uboim Melonim, Berachayva Shalir. Believe it or not, there were times that. People weren't being Ayla to Shalai, they weren't being Ayla Regal. Elkanah was. He would pitch his tent in the city square. And everybody would ask, Where are you going? 
And he would say, Lebeis Hashem Shebeshilai, Shemisham Teitzei Tairo Mitzvahs. From there, from the Beis Hashem, at the time the Beis HaMikdash was in Shilai still, and he says that from there will emanate the Tyra and the Mitzvahs. And you, why don't you come with me? Let's go together. And they started crying and they would say, we'll come with you. And then the next year was five families that went. And the following year was ten families until eventually the whole Klai Yisrael started being Eile Regal again. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you single-handedly tilted Klai Yisrael to the Schus to be able to come and be Eile Regal to the Makam of Taira. V'chinachtem b'mitzvahs v'zachu harabim ayotcha Shmuel came out from Elkana because of the schus that Elkana had to be Marbet to be able to single-handedly galvanize a nation one person at a time to come back to the Makam HaMikdash to come back to Shilai, to come back to doing the Avaida from where the Tyre emanates from, as the Medrash says. That's Elkana. If a person and the, if you look in the Seva Madriga Sodom by the Altaf and Avardik, he brings this Medrash and he, he expounds upon it so beautifully how never think that I'm just a single person and what am I? Who am I? How can I affect anything in life? I'm just a just one little cog in the wheel. The author says, you see from Elkana, one person can change the universe. Elkana was able to imbue in Shmuel Anavi Taira the ability to understand the Kedusha Samakim to be able to spread to the world the importance of doing mitzvah satira. That was Elkanah's part of his partnership role in the creation of Shmuel Hanavi. One of the most beautiful pieces in the Sichas Musa from Chaim Shalabitz. I hope you all know this piece. It's such a beautiful idea. Kedarkai. He writes in Maimer Hay in, in Yer Tavshem Ahmed Beis on a Maimer called Tevas Nayach. He brings a Pasuk in Shmuel Aleph, Perak Beis, Pasuk Yotas, Umeil Kota in Tasselayimai. After Chana, who was deferred for so many years, and we know that she went to the Makim Mikdash and she cried until finally she was Zaycha to have a child who they named Shmuel. <coughs> it says that Chana made for her son a small coat. She knitted for her son a little coat. And the Medrash says that it's not really a normal thing to do. Normally you don't make a coat for a baby. You know, when you get a mitzvah, you go to you know, the suit store and you get a coat. 
It's all man, you know, whatever. You put on, you know, sweaters. What's this that she made a coat for her son, for Shmuel? Not only that, but it says that Hameil by Godal by Nikvar by Allah. This same coat that she made for him when he was young, when as a baby, this was the same coat that it's going to speak about Shmuel later, that when he was an old man, the Pasuk says, Ish It's an old man that came up and he was wearing a coat. And the Medrash says, this was the same coat, the same coat that the mother of Shmuel made for him to wear as a baby, this is the same coat that he wore as a teenager. This is the same coat that he wore as an adult. This is the same coat that he wore as an older man. He wasn't that old. He died at 52. But when he was 52 years old, he was wearing that same exact coat. So Chaim Shmuelovitz asks, you know, in the Midbar, we find that the clothing didn't wear out because there you needed a miracle. They probably didn't have suit stores to go to. But, you know, you know, you go to different stores. When you're a child, you go to one store. You go shopping in another store later. And why the mother have to make him one coat? And there was a miracle that this is the coat that stayed with him his whole life. Remember, I think, Rapam. If you ever saw like pictures of Rapam, I remember he was always wearing like a sweater. And it wasn't like a yeshivish sweater, it was like a, like, I don't remember what color it was, it was maybe a light blue. Something that wasn't like, you know, it was not at all something that I would ever wear. You know, it was just not uh, so, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, could be wrong. But I remember hearing that Rapam's mother sewed that sweater for him. And that was the sweater that he wore, you know, practically his whole life. I don't know if she made it for him as a baby, but, but the point is that she made it for him when he was a young man, and that was the sweater that his mother made for him. And he wore that constantly. So, Rebchaim Shmuelavit says that the reason why Shmuel Dafka needed this coat and that he loved this coat so much because he says like this as called him I sell all of the tears of Hannah and all of the prayers of Hannah as call the Liba, her whole love and her whole heart. This wasn't some sweater. This was a fabric of love. Chana put every stitch of love into every stitch of this hill. All of her prayers that she davened before Shmuel was born and all the prayers that she had after he was born, all the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu for giving this child to her, and all the love that she had for her son was all deeply rooted and invested in every stitch of this Mi'il. 
And so this sweater exuded love. And when Shmuel Anavi wore this sweater, all of the Abbas Yisrael and all of the Abbas HaKadosh Baruch Hu infinitely went into him. And as he grew older, that love developed and made him greater. That is what created Shmuel Anavi. And that's why a miracle happened with this cult, that it grew with him, because that symbolizes that the love of Hannah, his mother, the Tzvilah, the Yerushamayim, that all developed and was part and parcel of the development of this special person by the name of Shmuel Hanavi. In other words, what the father, what Elkanah contributed in terms of Tyra, the mother, Hannah, contributed to Shmuel in terms of Abayda. Elkanah was the Harsinai, was the Ramasayim Tzaytim. Hannah was the Harmaria to Sinai. We know so many halachas about tefillah from Hannah, but Mara Brachas, you're not supposed to, you know, scream, you're not supposed to say it without, you have to move your lips. Different, a lot of different halachas about tefillah that we learned from Hannah. Hannah was one of the amudim of tefillah. If you have a father like Elkanah, that's galvanizing claw yourself to tire onto mitzvahs, and you have a mother like Hannah, that's galvanizing a child to doing Tefillah, with all of the Yira and all the Abba. That's how you create somebody that's Meshav Aaron together, that's Tyra and Tefillah together, that's their Amasayim Siphon, that has these two mountains facing each other at all times and never parting. That's how you create a Shmuel, and that's how we can create our children to be Shmuel's and ourselves to be Shmuel's. If we have parents, or if we're parents, that together are able to invest and to infuse into a child such love of Tyra and such love of Tefillah. Esa Enayel Haharim I lift my eyes to the mountain, says David HaMelech, and Chazal say, Al-Tikra El-Haharim, El-El-Haharim. The mountains are not just merely mountains, they're parents. Parents have to be able to create before a child's eyes the symbolic mountains of Sinai and of Haramaria, the Kayach on one end of Tyra and on the other hand of tefillah, together this can create a child that we want to create. Now, I know that many of you are thinking, you know, Mashkev's a very good person, and he means well, but he doesn't know my parents. He doesn't know my parents. And so what right does he have to start talking to me about parents. I'll get to that in a minute. 
But even if I am wrong, we are going to be parents someday. And it's important for you to know in the future how to make a child like Shmuel Anabi. And that is that you have to be a Tamil Chacham. And you have to have an Avas And you have to climb Har Sinai every day. And then when you marry a girl, you have to look for a girl that has Midas Tavis. And that davens well. And that benches well. And that means it. That's how we choose a wife. We choose a wife like a Chana. The Chana Yimidaberes a wife has to be a person that's not merely somebody that's cool and is geschmack to talk to, but somebody that really feels the Rabbi Yishlam in her life and that wants to create a child with Kedusha and Tara in an environment, in a setting like Shmuel was raised in with a meal cotton that never left him. You know, Rabbi Sharer was the late president of the Agudas Yisrael of America. There are a lot of beautiful stories about his mother and how she influenced his life to be such a Marvitz Tyron, such a proponent of Kral Yisrael and Agudas Yisrael and Gedele Yisrael. One of the beautiful memories that he has as a child is that he always saw his wife, his mother, lighting Shabbos candles by a table in one of the rooms of their apartment. And she would stand there and she would daven and she would pour out tears to HaKadosh and feel as HaKadosh about something. And he never knew what. And so one Friday night before Shkia, he decided he was going to hide underneath the table. There was like a tablecloth with a life that was on top of it, and he would stand there. He would, he would rather he would sit under the table and wait so he could hear what his mother was dominating. And he did that. He was a little boy, and his hand was sort of sticking out from under the table, and his mother was crying. And crying and crying and saying to Rabbi all I want is that my child and my children should grow up to have a love of Taira, to have Yerushamayim. And she was crying as she was beseeching Rabbi And the tears were coming down her cheek. And Rabbi said that his hand that was like right underneath the table caught one of these hot tears of his mother as she was crying. And he brought it back onto the table. And he says that that tear still burns in my hand till today. It's the tears of a mother crying for her son that he should be a ben that he should have Yerushamayim. That's a mother's role. A father's role also, you have to obviously daven and show davening. But a father is more of a messiah. Shema b'ni musar avicha v'atita There's the musar of the father, the messiah of a father. And then there's the teirasi mecha. Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Herman 
who became famous for his daughter's depiction of him in the biography called All for the Boss. It's an amazing, amazing book. If you think we have it in the library, you can take it out. It's to die to read again and again. But he was one of the great Tamidi Chachamim and great Yidin in America before World War II, when there were very few people in America that were really Shemitah and Mitzvahs properly. He was one of the valiant Leichamei Mochemes Hashem, which is what most of the book is about, the things that he used to do. I won't give it away. But it's to die to see this book. You'll, you'll never forget it. So, I saw a vart from Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Herman in a sefer. And he says on the Gemara and Shabbos that says, that if a person is if you're accustomed to lighting Shabbos candles, you're going to have a, that's a school to have a child with a Tamachacham. So, Rabbi Yaakov said, well, what's the school exactly? You light, everyone lights Shabbos candles. Uh, every single person that lights Shabbos candles has a child, that's a Tamachacham. So, he says, you have to understand, he says, if the child comes down the stairs on a Friday night at 12 o'clock at night because he wants to get a drink from the kitchen and he sees his father by the nearest of Shabbos, sitting and learning by Asmada, sitting and learning by the Aramer. And I know there's Xerv Shemayata, and I know a lot of people are thinking about that. Just don't ruin my metaphor. If a person, if a child comes and sees a parent, a father, learning Tyra by a candle, on Friday night, in the wee hours of the night, when no one is around, and he just stands there by the steps and just stares at his father with a halo over his head, sitting and learning Basmada Atsuma. That's a skula. To have a son who's a Tamakhafan. How could his son not want to have that? If this is what's so chavit to the father, is there a son that wouldn't want to be that way? There's the Musar Abicha, and there's the Tairasi Mechel. There's the Arsina in Har Maria, the father being the Arsina, and the mother being the picture of Har Maria. And together, that's how we create a child like Shmuel Hanavi, a child that could be great in his love of Taira and his Yerushalayim. There's a story that's told about a, a bacher in Lakewood who wasn't the best boy in Lakewood. Surprising though that may be. Everybody's the best boy in Lakewood. So, but there was one boy that was not the best boy in Lakewood, but somehow, some way, he always got the best cabrusas. Zman after Zman, he was always the guy that got like the top-notch cabrusas for all three sorrows. 
And a lot of people didn't understand, like, what's the big click with this guy? Like, what's the big deal that he has that, you know, some people, you know, some of them get to compromise, and he always got, like, the best, the best Caruses every single time. So, in Lakewood, there's something called the Chabrusa Tumult. Like, the first day of this month, everybody, like, come, goes outside of the base Medrash and, or the multiple Bate Medrashim, and, and, you know, and they tumble, and they start, you know, they're shakhanim, and they're running around and helping people. Okay, you know, are you, are you open first day, the second day, the night day, and they start making shidotam amongst the Bakram, and the Bakram are talking amongst themselves, arranging Chabrusa. It's like an official thing. So one Bakram was a little bit curious about how this boy always did so well with his chavrusas. He followed this boy. He followed this other buffer in Lakewood. And, you know, again, one after another, there was a buffer. This buffer, like, you know, got like the, 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 the best guys for first day and for second day. And, this, and the guy that was like following him was like inspired. Like, how is he doing this? It's like he's got some magic, like, he's like the pie piper of Caruso's in Lakewood. Like, everybody's flocking to him. And he's not the, the biggest Eloy. So he just follows him. After he gets all of his Caruso's set up, this boy, he goes into the building. This is before the times of cell phones. And he goes, and I remember this from visiting Lakewood, that if you go down to the basement of the main building, there is like uh, these old phone booths. I don't know if they're still there. But he went into one of the phone booths. And this boy was like standing outside the phone booth to hear what was going on. And he calls, he dials, and then he picks up, he waits for somebody to answer, and he says, Mama, you can put your tailor down. I got my first spring. When a person has a mother that's able to daven for a child, to say to him for a child that he should get chabrusas, that's a child that will be able to be like Shmuel Hanavi, that will be able to have everything that he needs, all the meal katan, all the love, all the tenderness, all of the avasatayr, all the yerushamayim, all the tefillahs in myself in the fabric of who I am because I have a mother like that. And when you have a father that's able to sit and learn and have an Ava Satira, then you have the Messiah from your father and you have the Ava of your mother and together that forms a perfect whole which results in creating a child that's just right. Now, I know, going back to what I said before, that you're thinking perhaps, all right, you know, listen, Rabbi Bamberger, maybe you had parents like that, I didn't have parents like that, so what are you saying this for? Like, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that if you didn't have parents like this, you did have parents like this. Because in lieu of such parents, there's an institution in Kalah Yisrael called the Yeshiva. And Yeshiva is a place that we have a father and we have a mother. We have a Har Sinai and we have a Har Maria. It's a place that we have every day, Maimon Har Sinai. 
every day. The Kailas and Brokim that you hear in the base Medrash are the Kailas and Brokim of Hatinai. The Rizcha Dairaisa, the sounds of Tfilah. That's Hamaria. We have Rabbeim that give a Messiah to their Talmidim and they teach them right from wrong. <coughs> we have Rabbeim that teach about Yerushalayim and teach about Tefillah and show by example how you should daven. That's what the yeshiva is. A yeshiva is the Ramasayim cycling of our lives. It's a place that you have our Maria and our Sinai together. That's what a yeshiva is. My father, Olav Shalom, he was a refugee from Europe. And he came to Baltimore to the Yisrael in the 1940s, after the war. An immigrant. Sometimes, you know, I have special chiba for people that come to Yeshiva from overseas because I see in them a father. A person comes from across the seas from Medina Sayyam to be able to learn Yeshiva without parents here. My father said it was Rosh, it was Rosh Hashanah, just came over, this man I guess started Rosh Hashanah. And he had a mashkiach, famous mashkiach, by the name of David Kronglas, who was in Shanghai in the mirror during the war, and he came over and he was hired by Yisrael to be the mashkiach in the yeshiva. And it was like maybe three years after the war was over, we're talking about 1948, and he comes into the base Medrash from Mashiach, and he has around his neck coming in on a Shoshana night a Turkish towel, towel like, a, like a shower towel. My father was a boy from Denmark, he never saw such a thing in his life. And he asked his friend, he said, like, what's the Mashkiach having coming into the basement with a Turkish towel around his neck for? And the boy told my father, just wait, you'll see. From the moment the Tzilos of Rosh Hashanah started until the moment that Neila ended on Yom Kippur, Rabbi David Kronglas was crying into that Turkish towel until it was so saturated with its tears that it was fully wet. That's what the yeshiva was. That's what a yeshiva is supposed to be to us. A makkah of Harsinai, of Tyra, of Kailai, Subrakim, the Anan Kamed al and a place of tefillah, a place that you see what davening is supposed to look like. You see from the rabbeim, you see from your friends, there's nothing like yeshiva davening. If you have ever davening yeshiva in your life, for a Shoshone and Kippur, and then for whatever reason you have to go home, and you daven in a local synagogue, in a local shul, as much as you try 
to muster Kavana, but you realize that I can't daven here. This is not my Hanamaria. You daven, you have to daven, of course, anywhere. But can't compare anything to a yeshiva. I think this is the last shmuz of this month. I'm not sure if there's going to be a closer shmuz. If there is, then maybe we'll save some of our passion for later. But if it is the last shmuz of this month, this is what I want to impart to the island before you go home. Ben Azman, I'm assuming that you are. Or even if you're staying, whether you're never coming back officially as a Talmud in Yeshiva year, or whether you are you should realize that the Akharis that you have to have to your parents, the mitzvah of Kabinah Sabicha Vasimecha, as the Chinuch writes, is really a mitzvah of to be so grateful to your parents who have done so much for you. That is the same mitzvah as the Imakir Taif to the Yeshiva that you come from. The yeshiva that you already learned in, whether it was in America or it's Israel, and our yeshiva. You have no idea how lucky you are to be in such a makam tire. You have no idea. I'll tell you when you will realize it. After you leave, that's when you realize it. You don't know how many them come to me afterwards, alumni, whether it's by the alumni Shabbaton or people that keep in touch with me in different ways. And they say, Rebbe, I know you always gave that shmuz about how grateful you have to be when you're in the yeshiva like you are in, but it only hit me after I left. And that's the tragedy of life. Life is always, we always look back and appreciate things. We're never really able to appreciate things in the present. And that's why I'm telling you, we still have a few weeks till the end of this month. You have to appreciate the yeshiva that you're in the Torah that you gained here, the Avayda that you gained here, the Avas HaTorah, the Avas HaTfilah, the sights and the sounds of Sinai and Maria should be resonating and permeating inside of your mind, inside of your nefesh for all times. That's what we owe to Yeshiva. That's what yeshiva is. Not just merely a place that I spent a few years and I learned a few, a few mesechtas and I, and, I, and I got a college degree and maybe I got smicha. That's so superficial if you're looking at your accomplishments in terms of degrees. You know what you got in yeshiva? In yeshiva you were born. In yeshiva you were able to find a footing on Harsina and Aramaria that will be able to last a lifetime. So when you're in your 80s, like my father was, and he still spoke about those years in there, Yisrael, about Rav Ruderman, and about Rav David Kronglas, and about the Chevra, and about the Eilam, as if it was yesterday. That's what I want, that the Eilam should appreciate about what we have here. That's what I want. We have a father here, we have a mother here, we have Ishmael Musr Avicha, we have Altita Shtaresi Mecha. Whether or not we reside to our parents like Shmuel Hanavi or not, 
We were Zaycha to have parents like Shmuel Anavi because we were Zaycha to be in Yeshiva, to be Kaibeya Adiras Kiva in Beit Medrash Talmud. And that enables us to say that I have a father and I have a mother. Like Shmuel Hanabi, that nourished me here, that gave me chizuk here, that enabled me to think bigger, to think deeper, to have a me'il that was sewn for you, custom made here, that is intended and designed to last you a lifetime. Never shed that me'il. Always remember how hard it was for your abeim and for your friends and for yourself to be kinder at Me'il. And let that Me'il warm you and embrace you and make you proud for the entire life that you live. Mirza Hashem, we should be zaycheh, the shvuas, the makabel, the tayra baba. But you know something? It's not just shvuas that we should be doing that. It's every single day. Every day that we're in yeshiva is Shavuos. There's two days of the year that are Yom Tifer B'nai Taira. And that's Shavuos and Sochas Taira. But you know, if you're in yeshiva, every day is Shavuos. And every day should be Sochas Taira. And Amir Hashem, being at Har Sinai every day for so many years, being at Haramariya, smelling the Reach HaNichayach, of the Tfilas and the Avaida, the Ne'ilas, the Kol Nidres, the Musafs, the Hallels. It should be Ayol All of these experiences should stay deeply rooted inside of us. Never forget them. Take them with you. Spread them to the world. Wherever you happen to be, any community that you find yourself in, take what you've learned, take what you've experienced here, and share it with the universe. Build Yisaydaisai Baharei Kaidesh. Transplant those mountains of Sina and Haramaria to every place that you tread. In the midst of Hashem, you will have a wonderful, productive life. And we, at the Smedishal Talmud, will stand and watch you in awe and with abundant nachas. Have a good chance.